Hi, I'm Emmy. And I'm Mago. And this is the Five Things Podcast. Hi, Mago. Hey, Emmo. How are you today? Good. You're wearing my favorite shirt. Oh, it's my favorite shirt, too. I wear it really a lot. In fact, I was just thinking the other day how my wardrobe has really dwindled during this quarantine. Oh, I know. I wear the same five (laughs) comfortable shirts. Yeah, me too. And I put on a pair of jeans the other day, mainly just because all of my joggers were in the washing machine. And oh my gosh, I was so uncomfortable. (laughs) I used to think jeans are really comfortable. And now I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to wear jeans again. I'm just going to wear joggers, I think, for the rest of my life. Hey, do it. Okay, I will. I ordered a new pair on Amazon. We'll see. I'm having some trouble finding some good joggers, though. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe we should ask our viewers for some joggers. I'm not in the jogger realm, but... I know. What are you wearing? What are you wearing right now? Well, I'm wearing a t-shirt. No, I mean on your bottom half. I can't oh, see I'm actually wearing. I am actually wearing jeans, but they're like really big on me, so they're quite comfortable. Oh, okay. <laughs> Super stretch, let's say. What are you wearing to be comfortable though when you're sitting and working all day long every day? Well, I, I have laundry to do. That's my problem, also. I know what I'm saying. Are you wearing joggers? No. What do you wear? That's what I'm wearing. Leggings. <laughs> I wear leggings and I wear yoga pants. Okay. 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 That's what I was getting at. Wow. It's not even, it's not even late at night this time. Oh my gosh. My brain's a little fried though, because I just got off a Zoom call and you know how I feel about Zoom calls. Yeah. Not a fan. Okay. I know. Let's get to our subject today. Let's do it. And this is going to be interesting because I'm kind of leading our subject today and my brain, but it worked out with you. Your brain was mush and yours. That's right. And you look how well I did on fine few hours yeah. of sleep. You All got right. this. We'll see, if I can ro- we'll see if I can rock it. Okay. So today we are going to talk about um, five things about being a special needs mom. I feel like I should probably give people the backstory for those. Of, I mean, if you follow me on social media, you already know why I'm qualified to speak on this subject. But um, for those of you that came our way via Mago and are like, who's this Emmy lady? Um, I have three children and my middle daughter, Penelope, um, she is a challenge. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That is is putting it mildly. Yes. And when she was about three years old, I think she was diagnosed as being quote, severely autistic, which we knew when we got that diagnosis, that was not a correct diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, but it opened up the doors for us to get some service for her. And we knew there was something that we needed help with. We just didn't know what it was. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, about a year after that, she was diagnosed as ADHD and also ODD, which is oppositional defiance disorder, which basically just means she's crazy defiant. And it, what, what were just so like people listening who maybe are in a similar boat of just curious if there's something going on with their kids, like what were her main, like top three kind of behavioral things that were going on? Um, good question. That, that got her the severely autistic diagnosis that was yeah. wrong, but so, also the ODD. Um, she, well, for one thing, she was a terrible communicator. She didn't speak till she was almost three 
And that was once she was in speech therapy. We did speech therapy with her three times a week for almost two years. Um, and so because she couldn't communicate, she would lash out. And, um, so there was lots and lots of temper tantrums, um, very defiant, like, which we had only had Bo at that time. And Bo was like the most compliant child that ever lived. So, you know, part of it was like, yeah, it, yeah, Bo came yeah. out, Bo came out like, Halo. is this just parenting or like, is there something different with her? Um, but right. she would just, she, a lot of anger. And by the time she was about three and a half, she was having daily 90-minute meltdowns, like knockdown, drag-out meltdowns, um, where it was even like she would like get physical with us. I, I still have scars on my arms from her scratching me when I'm like when I was trying to like contain her. So um, just just real real tough, and everything was tough with her. She didn't never slept very well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just all really hard. And then we took her to this neurologist. She talked to us for about 20 minutes and talked to Penelope for about 15 minutes. And she was one that diagnosed her as severely autistic, which was super frustrating because we thought it was possible she was on the spectrum, but we knew for sure she was not severely autistic. And it just felt like she was just like trying to check the boxes, you know, it was, and it was frustrating to me because I was like, that doesn't scare me because I'm okay. Like, I don't really care what the label is. I just want to get my daughter some help. Mm-hmm. But for other parents, especially if it was a first-time parent, that could be so terrifying. And I just felt like it was really irresponsible of her. Mm-hmm. I won't name names, but I did not like that girl. And I will say I went to junior high with her. And I didn't like her in junior high. And when I saw her in the office and I reminded her that we had gone to junior <laughs> high together, she acted like she had I remember no idea this. who I was, which I know is not true. I know she knew who I was. So it really annoyed me. So didn't like her then and I still no don't like her now. You, I think she gave me that diagnosis because Well, I mean, I remember when you I remember when you were walking through that. I remember talking to you after that appointment specifically and I remember you were like she's not. And and I I mean, maybe you're going to talk about this later, but I think it speaks to like the gut yeah. we have as a mom, like the mom gut and just kind of knowing our kids and like we got to listen to that stuff and of course yes. sometimes we're wrong. And of course you know, we sometimes we want to hear what we want to hear, but yeah, you knew, and and you really advocated. For yeah, it because I am going to talk was more about gut is one of my five things. But anyways, so about four, we got her diagnosis as being ADHD and ODD, and at that point, we were given the opportunity to start medicating her, and we were terrified at that, and we prayed a lot about it, and um. Ultimately, Robin, my friend, said to me, if she was diabetic, would you not give her insulin? And it was just exactly what I needed to hear from a friend who cared about me and loved me. Mm -hmm. And she was totally right. And so we did start medicating, and that was life-changing. But that's, you know, now we've been five years now, and it's been a roller coaster of medicate. Like we were constantly adjusting her medication or changing her medication. Um, and that's just the plight of any kind of child that's medicated for behavioral reasons. I think you are constantly adjusting and trying to figure out what's working. And as they grow, the needs change. And so we're always, always adjusting, but it's been very, very difficult I used to think that infertility was my was going to be my testimony. Like, that was so hard, and that whole season of our marriage was really hard. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is my testimony. But 
um, turned out that that was just preparing me for the road of parenting Penelope. And um, it has been so very challenging, um, truly, truly the hardest thing I've ever done. And um, there's been lots of days of doubt and insecurity and frustration and just anger and feeling like it's not fair and wanting it to be over. But at the same time, we wouldn't change our family. We love Penelope dearly. She can be so fun and sweet and funny. And she's very, very, very creative. And it's really fun to watch her mm-hmm. play that out. And um, I, it, we know she's going to do great things. It's just a matter of if we can all survive to that <laughs> adulthood. Yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> I love that girl. Recently in this last past January, we um, had a really, really hard month. It was probably the hardest month we've ever had, actually. And um, we started her in some therapy, and we changed her medication again. And that adjustment has been life-changing, life-giving, wonderful. Thank goodness that happened before the quarantine, because I don't think we could have all... Oh, my gosh. I was just going to say that. Like, thank goodness that happened in January, yeah. and you got that working. We wouldn't... I, honestly, like, I can't even wrap my head around how we could have quarantined. Can you imagine? In January. It just, it would have been impossible. So, so grateful that happened when it did. Oh, man, I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, God definitely had his hand in there. And um, through the therapy that we've been doing, we've discovered that uh, we actually think it's possible she's not ADHD or ODD, um, but that this is all actually a result of adoption trauma. And uh, when I say that to people, they're Mm. like, but didn't you get it from birth? And I'm like, Yes, I did. But unfortunately, um, even with birth adoptions, um, there is a lot that goes on in utero. And um, there's been lots and lots of studies that show that that things that happen in utero and the stress of the birth mother and all those things really can play it. Mm -hmm. And you can still experience um, attachment issues even when it's been from birth. Mm -hmm. So there's no matter when they're taken from the birth mom, it's still that she was taken from her birth mom. So there's like, and also, you know, like our birth mom, I'm not going to give too many details because this is for sure her story, but our birth mom knew very early on in her pregnancy that she was going to place Penelope. So I think she probably had detached herself early on in the pregnancy. Um, So, you know, there's that whole issue. Anyways, so we're, we're still learning. We learn all the time. We're constantly working. Um, and I'm coming at this topic by no means as an expert. I am just here to share our story and kind of the things that we have learned in our learning. And um, I hope that it'll help somebody else who's going through a tough experience with a child. It doesn't have to be an adopted child because I know plenty of people who have tough biological children as well. But um, mm-hmm. anyway, so these are the five things. We'll just get into it finally. That was one of our longest intros ever, but well, it needed to happen. Number one is make decisions that are best for your entire family. And this was advice I actually was given by Mickey, our guest from last week. What? <laughs> I'm going to start keeping a tally of every episode she has mentioned. Someone could play a drinking game based on how many times we mentioned Mickey's name. Oh, all right, Mickey. <laughs> take a sip. Um, she gave me this advice very early on, and it was 
such amazing advice and I have come back to it so many times. Um, her oldest, she mentioned last week, her oldest is autistic and um, they have had to make lots of decisions in his lifetime. And what one of their doctors said to them, you know, that you need to make decisions for your whole family. And sometimes that's going to maybe not be what is best for that one child. But if it's best for the family as a whole, mm. then you have to make that decision. Yeah. And that's been really good advice for me. It helped me to stop letting her dictate everything that happened in our family. And it's hard because when you have a kid who will have a meltdown temper tantrum over small things, it's really easy to give in to them all the time because it's just sure. easier for everybody. And even your other children right. are willing to be compliant with that because it's easier than dealing with the no. But um, that has really helped me to remember sometimes it's okay for her to be unhappy and for the rest of us to, you know, and like an mm -hmm. example of this is um, for Christmas this year, we gave the kids a trip to Disney and we were going to stay in the hotel and do two nights in the hotel and three days at Disneyland. And, and this was <sighs> in January when things were really rough. Yeah, this was when things were really hard with her and I honestly don't even remember what happened, but at some point her behavior was so bad that we said if you, you know, if something didn't change, she was going to lose a day at Disneyland and she lost a day at Disneyland. And that was mm -hmm. such a hard thing to follow through on um, because it mm -hmm. sucked. And we felt like terrible parents leaving our kid home while the, uh, the rest of us went to Disneyland. Don't worry. She wasn't home alone. No, no, no. She was with our babysitter. And, you know, I think other people, I, my parents included, my mom did not think that that was fair. She thought that was too harsh of a punishment for Penelope. But ultimately, we had to follow through with what we said. And honestly, we all, my other two kids and my husband and myself, deserved a day there without her because things had been so mm -hmm. bad with her. And in the end, it ended up being fabulous because we took the first day without her. It was such a breath of fresh air for all of us to just have a day to not worry about walking on eggshells. And then she came up. She was so excited to be there when she got there and she had fantastic behavior. And honestly, by the middle of the second day that she was there, she was exhausted and she was like not really wanting to do much more. So I don't even think she would have lasted the three days. Um, but it was the right decision for Georgia and for Bo and really for me and Nathan. And so that's kind of an example. I was really proud of you for following through on that. I know Thank it wasn't you. easy, but yeah. it was, it was tough, but mm -hmm. it was, it was the right decision for the rest of us. And she'll remember it. She will remember it. She will remember yeah. that she missed and that day. She, and it, it, it really was, it was pretty powerful. Number two. Set your child up for success whenever possible. This is something that I've had to learn to do and decide not to let other people's judgment get in the way of it because, mm. um, for instance, we almost always will allow Penelope to have a device if we're out to dinner. And, I mean, even Nathan and I, when Bo was little, he would never have been allowed to do that. And we would just not have allowed an iPad at the table at a restaurant. Um, but with Penelope, 
being in a restaurant is really difficult. Um, the stimulation is difficult, and it's a lot easier for her to kind of zone into her own world on a device. So that's just an example of like we're smart about when we're going to go out. If we know it's going to be a situation where it's going to be a little challenging for Penelope, we do whatever we can to try and help it be less challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, do, you get the, do you get the side eye judgy looks from people? Totally. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And I. You can know in your heart that you're doing what's best for her and they're not you and they don't have Penelope. Yeah. And it used to bother me a lot more, but I, you know, now nine years in doesn't bother me much at all. But I, I really just had to realize they have no idea. And True. I can say that because I had no idea. Right. And I would have been much more judgmental of people when I had just had Bo. Um, and so I understand that they just don't get it. I'm grateful for them that they don't get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but can't we all just be a little nicer and assume that we don't know the whole story? Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's really what it's taught me is to be less judgmental of other people. One of my friends, Tiffany, also has a special needs daughter. And her daughter doesn't talk. Um, she's five and she still doesn't talk. Um and she oftentimes, if they're out, um, like at a restaurant, she will like shriek and kind of yell. And um, mm-hmm. so, you know, they're really aware, very aware of that. And they're, it makes them, you know, limited to where they can go. But she was at like a McDonald's one time and they were in the playland. And this guy was like getting so frustrated with her daughter that she was shrieking and being loud and he made a couple really snide comments and eventually Tiffany was like explained to him that her daughter was special needs and he felt terrible. And I was like, yeah, put him in his place. He doesn't, but that's like, it's just like, he didn't know, but because he didn't mm-hmm. know, he probably should have just kept his mouth shut instead right. of being rude. And, you know, yeah, you just never know what people are walking through. So it's a reminder to not be so judgmental. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I, I mean, I've, I've learned that as your friend. I've learned to be a lot less judgmental and just be aware that I don't know the whole story. I mean, obviously, I know a lot with Penelope, but you just got to give people the benefit yeah. of the doubt. You get to raise your kids. They get to raise their kids. Yeah, and you end. know, it, there's no harm in giving people the benefit of the doubt. Like, it's not going to hurt you to give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are terrible parents. Maybe they suck at parenting, but – what that's no skin yeah. off your nose. What do you care if they are sucky parents? It's not your right. business. So it's a good point. Let it go. Let it go, people. Number three, which also kind of plays into number two, is don't let other people's expectations dictate how you parent. Hmm. This kind of coinciding with the set your child up for success. Um, I talked about this a little bit on my five things Friday last week, but I had an incident with a neighbor this week where Penelope had hit her son and she was upset about it and wanted to talk Mm -hmm. about it. And I had already talked to both the kids about it and it was the night before. And um, the next day she wanted to come down and talk to Penelope about it and all four of us talk about it. And like number two, set your your child up for success. I knew that wasn't going to be a successful encounter with Penelope. I knew that that would make her uncomfortable and I knew that it would make her defensive and that she probably wouldn't react the way that this parent was hoping that she was going to react. But I allowed my fear of her judgment of my parenting 
to um, mm. make me go against my better judgment. And I at first told her, no, I'd prefer not to talk and that I had already talked to the kids about it and that I think they need to work it out. And, you know, I'm sorry that she hit him, but we're working on it, something we're constantly working on with her. Um, and she insisted because, in her opinion, the fact that her son, who I will note is older and bigger than my daughter, um, had been hit, made it a situation that was not something that just the children could work out on their own. So I ended up letting her come down here and didn't go so well. And I was so frustrated with myself for not hmm. sticking with what I knew was going to be a better situation. And anyway, it's okay to say no. And so um, you have to, I think just something you have to learn to do as a parent of a special needs child is let go of what other people think and what other people's expectations are of you as a parent. Yeah. Um, it sucks. Yeah. That's going to be harder for certain personality types for sure. I think you're pretty good at that. I think you're pretty good at. Yeah. I'm, okay, I'm not a people pleaser, so. But. I don't have that, that be, part, but no, but nobody wants mm-hmm. to feel like people think they're bad at something. You know what I mean? So it sure. sucks no, when you're in that not. position over and over, but you know, you just have to, um, I think what the thing that I'm learning and that I learned from this specific, specific experience was I'm freaking 40 year old woman. I don't have to have a conversation with someone if I don't want to have a conversation with them. And I mm-hmm. felt like I had to have a conversation with this woman. And afterwards, I realized, no, that went exactly how I thought it would, which wasn't well. And I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't need to put myself in that position. I didn't need to put my daughter in that position. And it's okay. Like, if she didn't want to talk to us anymore because I said no to having that conversation, that's her prerogative. It's not right. – I, I can't – Right. One less Christmas gift to deliver. Okay, wait. So was this was your interaction with the mom uh, via text? Yeah. So tell us what you wish you had said in your text. I wish that I would have said, um, we're not going to do that. I know my daughter well enough to know that that won't go well, and I don't think you will get what you want out of it, and I know that it won't go well on this end. And so um, I'm sorry if that's not what you were hoping for, but – I hope you can talk to your son. I have talked to my daughter already, and I will continue to talk to her. If you're not comfortable with our children playing together anymore, that's up to you. But this is what I'm going to have – this is what my answer is going to have to be no. Click send. (laughs) (laughs) I told – the next day Brooke was over, and I was telling her what I should have said, and she was like, oh, it's exactly what you should have said. I was like, I know. Dang Hmm. it. Why do I always take a day to come up with what I should have said? I know. Don't we all? Number four, don't be afraid to try things. You're not making decisions for the rest of their lives. You're making mm. decisions for today. Ooh, that's good. And that kind of goes along with the, you know, our decision to medicate Penelope. That mm-hmm. is something I know not everybody agrees with. I know that that's kind of controversial. Um, to be honest, it still is a challenge for us because, um, you know, I, I do think it's hard to make those decisions for someone else. And, you know, we, she is medicated because we have chosen to medicate her, not because she wants to be on medication. Although I do think that she understands how much it helps her. 
Um, but mm-hmm. it's hard to make those kind of decisions for your children. But that's the role that I'm in. That's what God's called me to do is to be her parent. And so he's put me in the position to make those decisions. And, you know, with medication, it feels so, like, huge and final. Absolutely. Um, but the truth is you can try it. And if it doesn't help, then don't do it anymore. And Right. I think s- when you're in it and you're trying to make that decision, it feels like you're putting yes. her on this trajectory that is mm-hmm. forever. Um, yeah. But that's so – I mean, that applies to so much. Right. And yeah. that's even it's one thing. It's just not true. One time I asked her doctor, I was like, is she going to have to be on this forever? And he was like, oh, no, 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 no. He said, first of all, in this day and age, medications are changing constantly. He's like, basically every 13 months, there's a whole new protocol for medication. And he said, but also she's going to grow up. She's going to mature. She's going to learn other tools to cope. And Mm -hmm. she's going to go through puberty. And all those things are going to affect how we medicate her and if we continue to medicate her. So. That's a good doctor. Better than that junior high neurologist. Yeah. Yeah. Still don't like her. That we will not name. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor that we shall not name. Um, anyways, yeah. Yeah. But it can apply not just to medicating, but to anything. Like, even I love how, that. Even how you're going to discipline. Like, I'm, I personally am not a very disciplined person, which is not, I'm not proud of that fact. It's, it's problematic. But, um. So I'm, I've never been that parent that is great at, like, having a chore chart or having, like, one reward system. I'm mm-hmm. just not super good at the follow-through on that stuff. But even mm-hmm. that stuff, like, try it. And if it helps, it'll be easier to maintain it naturally because it helps. And if it it's doesn't working. help, and if you stop doing it after a week, it doesn't make you a bad parent. And it's mm, okay that so that didn't work for you, even if it's the thing that works the best for your next-door neighbor. Mm-hmm. So don't be afraid to just that's good, that's good stuff, Emma. Thanks, Mago. All right, my last one, number five, and I think this is probably the most important one. And I was just that Zoom call that I was on before this um, was with Penelope's therapist, and I told her this, and um, she reiterated that this is like the most important thing. Um, number five is. Say I love you as much as possible. Mm. And I just, you know, I think a lot of sometimes the limits that Penelope pushes with us is that she's trying to see if we're going to stick around. And um, so it's so important to me to, especially after if we've had a, you know, big temper tantrum or if there's been a big meltdown. And I say we've had a big temper tantrum because, Sometimes I take part in that temper mm-hmm. tantrum. Of course. Um, I think it's I just, would too. I do yeah. with my kids. Yeah. Suck us in. Yes. It's so important to just – I have always been very generous with I love yous, but I just really try and be so intentional with her because I know that we do have a lot of conflict, and I want her to remember the love and not the conflict. Mm-hmm. I was a tough kid. Nothing like Penelope, but um, I was tough as a little kid. And my mom said um, that one time we had a big blow up and then she like took me to preschool and was all day disturbed about it and like thinking that she was so sad that I probably had had a horrible day because of it. And and then I came like bouncing back to the car after school like nothing was wrong. And Hi, her, Mommy. And my teacher said I had just walked right in and started singing with the class. And um, 
And and then she asked, she said, like, she just always prayed that I would just remember how much she loved me, that that was the one thing she wanted me to remember. And so that's my prayer all the time with Penelope is that she'll look back on her childhood and not have the vivid memories of yelling and fighting and, you know, being in trouble, but that she'll just always remember that we loved her. And that when she does think about all the struggles that we had, she'll just think about how hard we fought for her and that that's what it all was, was just us fighting for her and wanting the best for her. Absolutely. So, yeah, we say I love love you a whole heck of a lot around here. And we also say I'm sorry a whole lot. I, I, that wasn't, this is a bonus, bonus number is, um, you know, when I lose my cool, even if it's because she has pushed me beyond my limits, I am very intentional about saying I'm sorry to her because I want to model that for her. And, um, I want her to know that there's forgiveness and that when you say I'm sorry and you mean it, then, um, that it's okay to mess up. Yeah, it's okay. And it's Mm -hmm. okay to make mistakes and there is lots of grace and, you know, I do say to her often, sorry doesn't really mean anything unless you change the behavior. So I'm tra- constantly trying to get her to realize that the true way to say sorry is to change your behavior. Mm-hmm. That's a work in progress over here. I've, at heard, the you, I've heard you say that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's that's all I got for you today. Well, I think this is going to help a lot of mamas out there. And I've seen just the beauty of well, I guess the beauty and the importance of being connected with other moms that are walking through this. Yes. I know you've reached out to other moms with special needs kids in really, really dark times. And they've just, I don't know. I just think there's such honesty and like rawness between you all. And I love that. And I'm so glad that you have that. So people can always reach out to you. You are always down for that. Oh, for sure. And that's, I will say too, like, I am so grateful for the people that I can be real honest with. And totally, I've been so blessed in the fact that um, there are some moms at our school that really understand what I'm going through. I have one friend in particular that um, has walked a really similar road. And I mean, even to the fact that like one day, I think when Penelope was in kindergarten or first grade, she started having a huge temper tantrum in the hallway at school. And I was like wanting to get her out of there to protect her from being embarrassed. And I just looked at this friend of mine, her name is Nicole. And I mean, like we just made eye contact Mm -hmm. and she just scooped Georgia up and took her so that I could take Penelope and deal with her. And it's just so life-giving to have friends like that. So if you don't have, if you are a parent that's struggling with a tough child and you don't have that kind of outlet, reach out to me because I am happy to always DM with people and I can be your me too. And I can also get you connected with some of my other friends who are experiencing that and just know that you are not alone. There are a lot of people experiencing tough times with their kids and um, it's okay. It's okay. And you're not a bad parent just because you have a tough kid. That's right. You're a good mama, ML. Well, I mean, I'm all right. Um, I'm let's try right. that again. Let's I'm try that again. Right. Oh, you're a good mama. Emma. Thank you. Thank you, Mago. I appreciate that. All right. I loved it. All right. Well, um, I hope that that was helpful to somebody and, um, it was helpful to me. It was a little bit of therapy for me. So there's that. There you go. 
<laughs> Almost right. free therapy. All right, Meg, I love you. Love you too. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And while you're over there, please give us a five-star review. Also, give us a follow over on Instagram. We are at 5ThingsPodcast. That's the number 5ThingsPodcast. If you have any topic suggestions, we would love to hear them. So send us a DM through Instagram and we'll try to get you on the show. That's right. It all would not be possible without the help of Jeff and Taylor over at Goodyear Audio. You can find them on Instagram at good underscore ear underscore audio. And they can help you with all your podcast needs. We'll meet you back here next week.